0: Hello and welcome to the Sina Nerd Podcast. Tonight we're talking about the first four episodes of Marvel's The Defenders. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is my buddy, my pal, our producer, Mr. Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will?
1: I am doing well, Sarah. Homies for hire.
0: Homies for hire? Yeah. I didn't know that we were outsourcing.
1: I know, I know. Well, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, not tonight, not tonight. But uh, I'm doing well. It's been a, been a good yeah. weekend.
0: Yeah, it's been like a holiday break with whenever Netflix drops one of these series that you're following along, it's like, ooh, a treat. And then your entire weekend is gone.
1: It Who is. It's, yeah, it's like it's been. it's like the prolonged like live tweet because yeah. all throughout the weekend, you know, different people are at different points and in, in the series. So, you know, you're trying to avoid spoilers you're trying to uh just, you know, make it through and and then, you know you really can't because some people like you know, as soon as it dropped at midnight on Friday, they did they just did the marathon straight through eight all all the eight episodes and then other folks like me has been just trying to, you know, catch a couple here, catch a couple there, and uh you know, and haven't completely finished it yet, so it's uh you know.
0: Yeah. And and you could also say those of you who have lives, they're still making their way through the season. And those of us who do not have lives, we've already binged and are waiting for the next the next season to drop. Um, But someone who is much more behind than we are, Will, is our dear friend, our guest host for tonight, Miss Patricia Miller. Hello. So <laughs> you're you're four you did you did your full homework tonight. You did the first four, and that is all.
2: Well, the first four and then like the first ten minutes of episode five. So okay. I like to give myself a little gold star for doing a little extra.
1: There you go. Yeah. You get you, <laughs> <laughs> <first> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you get you get partial you get you get partial extra credit. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Imagine how many gold stars she would have received if she had watched the full episode five.
1: <laughs> you would have gotten a full extra credit. Full, one, 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 one more credit, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So... It's episode one, the H word, which it kind of bothers me guys about how this is called the H word and yet they said heroes. I don't know how many times during that first episode. It was referenced a lot. It was. It was. It, it was. Like, like I think a drinking game could be go back and rewatch that and take a shot anytime they say hero. Just saying. But. We, we kind of, we kind of meet the characters where they left off with their own individual stories. And, um, to start things off, they decided to start us with Danny Rand of all people in the world. Uh, Will, what were your thoughts about (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Mr. Rand and Colleen Wing?
1: So uh, my thoughts were they, I don't know, you know, the production of this, clear, I think, was after, um, you know, Iron Fist premiered, or, or maybe it was before, during when Iron Fist was being premiered. I don't, I don't know the timeline, but it mm-hmm. was almost, you know, I don't know, it was almost like they were, they needed to, they knew that they needed to prop this character up some more, uh, based mm-hmm. off of uh some of the negative reviews that people have given the standalone iron fist series. Um, I my first uh go around watching this was underwhelmed by Iron Fist. Um, mm-hmm. and I I will admit that I have not watched the the standalone uh series but um, it pacing wise it I, I was underwhelmed and I was like uh oh uh, when, when this series, when it started out, because it, it was very dark, it was very plotting, uh, the fight choreography mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was just so dark, I really couldn't tell what the heck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, 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 it just, you know, it, it, just started out the pacing of, of this, where I was so excited to like, watch this. I, I, I really have to admit, I was like, hmm, I don't know how this is gonna go, y'all
0: yeah 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 um patricia um did you know right away who danny and Electra, or who danny and colleen were chasing when they were in the tunnels during that first sequence
2: um not the guy that died but i knew immediately that that was electra that was fighting the first guy that you see
0: yeah see like like come on guys Come on, we're we're not dumb. We follow along. Why did they have to leave it a mystery so you don't see her until the very end? Like that's some sort of surprise. But whatever, just saying. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I I still is Danny dating that girl?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. I know it's very hard to tell. It's like they forced the chemistry or something.
2: Yeah.
1: Or something. <laughs> just 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 a little bit. <laughs>
2: That girl which just for him for his money, that's all it that is.
0: <laughs> which Patricia, like unlike Will, you've seen some of Iron Fist, and I've seen the full season, and for me, Colleen was the standout character, and yet in the Defenders, I just I couldn't really make it through a lot of scenes with her in it, and I don't know why. Like it was hard for me because she she was kind of sidelined, in a way. I don't know if you felt that way.
2: Well, I don't know if I even got to the part on that Colleen was in in Iron Fist. I was just at the beginning where he breaks into his friends or his old house and his best friend was whatever. Anyway. Oh. And so he was still like carrying a torch for his best friend's girl, which was originally his girl or something. I don't know. Whatever. So watching this with, like, fresh eyes with him and this random chick, I was trying to figure out if they were dating or not. And then the scene on the plane that they had, I was like, okay, they're definitely dating. And she was like, why don't you talk to me? And I'm like, okay, that's a needy girl texting.
0: Yeah, um, and she definitely did not sound like that at any point during Iron Fist. Just say (laughs) No.
1: Well, I guess, well, again, for for us folks who just parachute in with the Defenders and, and not having watched any of the previous, um, you know, standalone uh, series, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that bit of dialogue and that whole, was, you know, was set up that way so that it was, you know, could help the viewer understand that, you know, they're a couple, even though the chemistry there was, was a mentally forced yeah or like yeah you know, or like thereof
0: oh but what now now being a parachute viewer and and patricia it sounds like you only caught the first 10 minutes of iron fist um <laughs> but <laughs> you misled me with that patricia but that like, the,
2: the first two episodes
0: that's, that's that's nice um <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about how they kind of they kind of are using Danny's arc of as a story of redemption um in in both his um attempt to save New York City and redeeming himself for abandoning his post at Lun and leading that to their demise did you Did you guys pick on up on that really quickly, or yeah. was it just slow?
1: It, I picked it up, but it was again. It was just the pacing in the first episode was just. It was just. It, it was very plotting, um, and you know, they make up for it down the down the line. But uh, it, it was just a lot of a lot of I guess exposition to set things up.
0: Yeah. So, it, um, it reminded me of a Game of Thrones episode because every first episode in the season is structured in this way where you check in on all the characters with all of their storylines. And then each one of them has a, a bit which is a clear setup for that character's journey throughout the season, which, which you get a lot here. I mean, with Luke Cage, you have him coming out of jail. And then he goes and finally has that coffee with Claire. And for those of us who've seen <laughs> Luke Cage, we know what we're talking about when we say coffee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Milk and sugar included. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, You guys got to stop me with that. Uh. And then he has that lovely conversation with Misty Knight. Misty Knight. I don't know if there's a question to that,
1: but yeah, guys,
2: Luke Cage. I was just going to go back to the whole Danny Rand thing really quickly. Um, It seems like for the first episode, they filmed the first episode first. You know how some movies they film like the last ones first for just chemistry reasons or whatever? It seems like they filmed it first because there were moments when I was watching him... And it was it would be like he'd be just fine, like his typical sort of frat boy kind of I'm rich character. Then all of a sudden it would be super intense, like I've messed up and I need to find redemption in my family and blah, blah, blah. And it was so forced as we keep repeating. But that's just the way I felt was like he would it wasn't a good transition to where he he's not a dark and brooding character. And in those moments where he was feeling that intense emotion, it was forced and it was brooding and supposed to be dark. I just, I can't take his character seriously in general. That's why I didn't make it through the entire season or the first, after the first 10 minutes. But I I just can't take him seriously at all. Well, I, I think you
0: bring up a, a a good point with Danny and that he isn't that dark and brooding character and that's really what they made him into that being said throughout the this season of the defenders you do see moments of him being this, this kid, this, um, naive kid who has a mission and is just, and is just trying to find his place of belonging. And, and you see a different side of him because one of the things I kept noticing is how much when they do play him as a dark and brooding character, he's just another version of Matt Murdock. And we already have a very kick ass version of Matt Murdock. We don't need another one, especially yeah. in the same season. So I feel like having him be in this world just elevate his character where you could see those those contrast and focus more on the contrast as opposed to the similarities with a bunch of characters we've seen time and time again.
1: Yeah. Well, which I, Yeah. Well when yeah. I see Danny Rand, you know, I have to I just thought it was a poor man's Oliver Queen. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep, absolutely. However, Matt Murdock has the um, the poor man's or, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm going to totally say this, but okay. Danny Rand is the poor man's Oliver Queen. I'll give you that, Will. But I also find that Nat Murdock, though, has the the relationship with Nat and Electra is what Lolliver should have been on Arrow. Mm. And then the relationship between Nat and Karen is what... Oliver and Sarah should have been on air. <laughs> it's like this weird. It's just, it's a very similar thing, but it's there. There's a lot of crisscross between those two characters where yep. you see, you see different um, other superheroes flesh out, um, which speaking of Matt, he he really comes has is the backbone of this season for me mm-hmm. um, because of his relationship with Electra, who at the end of the show it's revealed she's working for the hand or Alexander. And also it's just, he is at a crossroads in his own life where he is no longer the devils of hell's hell kitchen. Was anybody surprised to see that's where he was currently
2: in his story? I wasn't surprised that he gave it up. It made sense with the storyline and where we left off in the daredevil, um, series in the, the standalone series. I, w- I mean, yeah, no, I wasn't shocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not shocked
1: yeah. either. Yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes, it makes sense. Um, you know, being being the reluctant uh, hero at this point.
0: Especially considering he lost someone. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very powerful thing. Um, And at the same time, Jessica Jones is still closed for business, which that did surprise me. I, there's, they, I think one of the characters they kind of let down in this whole bringing into the fold is Jessica because I felt like where we were introduced to her and where she was didn't align with where we left off with her in season one.
2: Right. I fully agree with that. Yeah. It just I, it felt. I was so happy, though, to see Malcolm walk through Aww, the Malcolm. door. Malcolm. I was so happy. I'm, I'm like that's the one thing that I love about the Defenders is that they didn't let the side characters fall off or disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they they kept them in the stories like they would have been. It wasn't just oh, four people got together to be the Defenders, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I thought they did did a really good job. <laughs>
0: that's that's the trailer, like. <laughs> four people got together and they became the defenders overnight yep end of story end of story um yes malcolm is the best i love seeing him i love seeing trish um and all those characters and i also it's something to bring up about that point is that um one of the standouts, like despite the utterly slow pacing that the first few episodes had, I still kept watching because of the editing and the, the use of color and how, um, in Luke Cage's scenes, there was always yellow around and mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, there was always those hues of purple. And there's, especially in this first episode, there's a, a scene where she's um, investigating and there's flickering in the hallway, which is so iconic from her show. And then um Daredevil always has red and Danny, I guess he has green. Let's talk some um Luke Cage versus Danny Rand and jump right to the end of episode two. When finally, after pretty much almost two hours, we finally see some action and Luke Cage and Danny Rand get into a fight. Will, were you jumping out of your seat at this point, or could you still not see the action?
1: <laughs> that was a that, that was a kick-ass fight. That was actually a kick-ass fight. I uh,
0: you could see it. Yeah, good.
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, it was it was fun. Uh, Luke can definitely take a punch. Um, obviously, um, Danny, you know, yeah, you know it was satisfying I don't like I said I didn't watch the lu I didn't watch um um iron fist but um I just did, the, the character just really didn't you know impress anything upon me so it was like you know I'm glad he uh he took him out <laughs> especially oh. when he's just beating up on like a you know just beating up on a kid which you know yeah, I know we're jumping ahead a few episodes there, but uh, uh, when Luke uh, and Danny have their uh, kumbaya moment uh, and discussions on privilege, you know, it, it pulled it all. That, you know, it, it pulled it all together there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, even even without like jumping ahead to that kumbaya uh, moment, um, you still. They still, they didn't, in the trailers, you knew this was going to happen. You knew that Iron Fist would punch, would punch Luke Cage and he would actually feel it, which he's not accustomed to. And, and it's a very iconic shot visually, but what they did not spoil in the trailers is that clash of, of viewpoints and perspectives on what was happening in this conspiracy. Due to the earthquake that I believe ends episode one and how all of these characters, it's its not like what Patricia just explained and four people described to get together. No, it's they're both trying to deal with the same problem, but coming at it and being brought into the fold from very different perspectives. And they each have their own stake into what is happening with New York City and The Hand and and you and you started to see that in the philosophy because Danny was at wit's end and just viewing this kid as another player in the game, and Luke it, who comes in to save the kid, is like, "No, no, that's still an innocent you you can't you can't just remove um take out innocence just because." they're doing what they need to survive in this very screwed up world which which is refreshing and nice and it reminded me so much of those first few episodes of Daredevil season 2 and the clash between Daredevil and the Punisher which was iconic uh Patricia um did you think that Danny had a mean right hook because Will did not
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It it was really funny to watch Danny fight Luke and because, you know, Danny's doing all these cool, like, karate ninja stuff and Luke is like, uh huh, uh huh, and what else do you have? And then Danny gets super pissed off and then he gets his little, his chi, uh, and then punches him. And it was, it was good to see, like, yes, Danny has a good right hook. To answer your question.
1: Yeah.
2: It was good to see that Luke does have... Just like when he got shot in the head, it's good to see that he does have a way to be hurt. It makes him not invincible. And I like that part of superheroes, or movies in general, when the character is more realistic in the way, like, yes, you have these superpowers, but, yeah, something can drop you still. Mm -hmm. So The vulnerability. Yes, yeah. because I'm a vulnerable person, and I connect with those characters' moments like that. And that was it was a joke. It came out bad. Okay. Hmm. Um. <laughs>
0: um. We we're really nailing this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. <laughs> really great job. Great job. Um, and then. While this is happening on one side of town, you also have Matt Murdock and Jessica Jones finally cross paths. And he's going to represent her because she has found herself in the crosshairs of one Miss Fabulous Misty Knight. And and you get that iconic moment moment of him barging in and saying, Jessica Jones, I'm going to represent you. And she's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who the heck are you? Which, which I like, I, I, I love, I love how they, they kind of, um, all of them aren't together yet, but you're starting to see those, those worlds pat um, cross and and the in the characters they they chose to have those moments, um it makes sense because Jessica Jones will always find herself in the holding cell, no matter what she does. That's just where she was born. I don't know where I'm
2: going with this, but um, yeah, I like that. That, that totally makes sense. I like that the I didn't even think about that. The characters that they chose to meet first like, Jessica meeting Danny first wouldn't have worked out as well as her meeting Matt first. No. And I I love that they paired them before it wasn't, like, four characters come together, you know? It, it was gradual, and you could see the connections forming, and their little stories sort of melding together, like, everybody is in the same big story, even though they're all in different corners of it, and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I even said it out loud as soon as Matt walked in. I was like, Yes!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like the fan inside of me was like, That's exactly how it was supposed to go. Like, I was excited for it to be foggy, but then as soon as Matt stepped in, I was like, Yep, this is so much better. Neither. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have been foggy because foggy is actually representing Luke Cage. We found that in episode one. they yeah. they had an exchange. So, and Foggy is no longer partners with Matt. I'm just going to put that out there. Hashtag poor Foggy. I said it. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you've already, you've already teased this. Let's talk about that. Let's jump to episode three and talk about that kumbaya moment. And Claire tries to provides some mediation between Mr. Ran and Mr. Cage. How did that go?
1: It, you know, it was um, one of the things I liked about these the series, and just and I think the shows in, in general um, is taking on social issues in a in a you know comic book universe way. Um, so you know, whenever the, the conversation between Danny and Luke first started, it was, you know, you know, the usual, like, well, how, you know, well, how did this happen to you kind of thing? And, yeah, mm-hmm. was made this way. And, you know, so, you know, Claire and, um, uh, kind of, you know, they go off and like, Hey, this is going better than we expected. And, and then it got serious. And, you know, Luke basically, you know, confronting Danny is like, look, you, you have the means to be able, you know, financially to be able to, to fix this mess. And, and, and Danny's looking at it like, no, I don't because I, you know, he, you know, he's like, I had to fight and crawl and scratch and, you know, get this, my chi to, you know, the struggles that I had. And, and, I had to
0: punch a dragon.
1: Yeah, I had to punch a <laughs> dragon. And Lucas looked at him and was like, "What the hell are you talking about, dude? You're just like beating up this street level punk who is just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, uh, you know, eke out a living, and mm-hmm. and you're like bragging about hit punching a dragon." Which Lucas looking at him like, "Yeah, a dragon? Seriously, dude?" So, <laughs> so it was a very powerful moment just to, you know. That, you know, if you just take it on the in-universe comment, you know, it's, you know, it shows how naive or, you know, Danny is. But, you know, but it also, in that moment, also gives Luke and the viewer an opportunity to, to, you know, look at things from a much more global perspective.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was great, and, and I'm right there with you. The, these shows work the best writing-wise when you start getting into those bigger issues that are more current in what's happening in the world today and more realistic, um, the metaphors and the allegories that they're able to to take from from our world and put it into this altered universe like earth two or something it's just it just elevates the material that much more and makes these characters three-dimensional as opposed to just like hey i'm i'm invincible and hey i have a glowing fist well well that's great but i don't know who you are or what you represent or where you come from i need to know the story and so i'm right there with you like that was a great moment and um and but why the heck do you you go from that moment to Colleen and and Claire on the sideline talking about their issues which I don't know about you guys. I love Claire. I love Colleen. I just I did not like them together in this show. For me there wasn't it was just bland. It, there wasn't really any contrast between those two characters. And and it kind of it kind of bummed me out because I like them so much from their other shows that they've been on in the past, but that's me.
1: Yeah, um, I will say when I was when I rewatched that that sequence, the scene tonight, it it did seem the dialogue it it just didn't flow, mm-hmm. uh, and it just did not. You know the characters just seem like, yes, three two people in a room, and you know you know they didn't have a prior you know this was a very awkward kind of scene. It just didn't it just didn't play well to me for whatever reason, yeah,
0: yeah, it should have been Claire talking to Jessica because both of them have screwed the same man. yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> that yeah. conversation I was waiting for the entire show, and it never happened spoiler alert <laughs> it never happened um or i mean i mean it's it's not just that it was two people in a room so talk, talk 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 no because you saw that same two people in a room setup between Danny and Luke and it worked but that's because those characters there was there was a contrast to it that allowed the the dialogue to be more dynamic than Claire or and Colleen in the room mm-hmm. together just talking. And and they could have edited um between Danny and Luke and what happened between Jessica and Matt this episode, where Jessica she may be a drunk, but she is very smart. She's very, very street smart, and you have a good sequence between them following each other throughout New York City, <laughs> which which I, I just smiled at. Um, yeah, Patricia. Was... <laughs> oh, go ahead. That
1: was, that was a very fun, very fun sequence.
0: It was just fun. And then at the end, she's able to figure out who he is, like, pretty much right away. It's like, oh, I, I, I get it. I get what's going on here. <laughs> Patricia.
2: Yes. <laughs> Um
0: I Um so I was actually going to ask you about the first sequence in this episode um because you you're coming fresh from Daredevil season 2 we mm-hmm. finally figure out what happened with Elektra what did you make of that
2: entire sequence I uh, thought it was fascinating like we finally know what that box is for We know I don't what was she submerged in? Was like that some like a virgin of like blood? I don't know what she was like soaking in.
0: I think that's um (laughs) that's the substance that they just vaguely refer to throughout this season. And it was the last of the substance?
1: Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they never really did (laughs) define what it was the last of something that was very important to to the hand. But,
0: yeah, I know it, it was blood. It, it was blood.
1: Yeah, it was blood. I'm um, pretty sure it was, but I just I guess it's yeah, like it was, the eternal, you know.
0: Because well, um, the, it, it was it was the kids, Patricia, that they were they were draining the blood from in Daredevil yeah. season two. Yeah, that, yeah. I that, was
2: yeah. Just about to say that creepy thing where people were all hooked up and mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep.
0: yep. They did that. It was a blood drain. Yep. <laughs> I
2: I thought, so I thought um after she, you know, gets out and she's all cleaned up and she's relearning how to fight or whatever it is. I thought it was really, they did a really good job with the first fight she did with the guy by himself where she was sort of clumsy and then she started getting back into the hang of it. And then they had her fight three guys and then they had her fight four guys And then they had her fight five guys and I was like, okay, okay, I get it. She's still really good at fighting. Can we move on? And then they shut out the lights and she killed everybody. And it was like, all right, can we move on? (laughs) I don't, like, I just got so, like, yes, the fight scenes were good and it was cool to see, but they could have accomplished that in three steps. Mm -hmm. One Mm -hmm. guy four guys in the dark, you know, and, and I felt like they drawed that out kind of quite a bit. But um, that first sequence, I was super cool to see. I really enjoyed her interactions with Alexandra or Alexander, uh, whatever her name is. The lady that's wearing all white. Also a Sigourney, you- Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Let's Weaver. just call her Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. She wore white most of the the, at least the episodes that I've seen so far she wears white like she's supposed to be some divine being Uh and everybody else is wearing dark colors and I just thought that that stood out really well to me Um, I thought she she was an idiot (laughs)
0: because you know what the substance is you know Electra is going to pop out of it and be drenched in it and you're going to go up and approach Electra who's like and like try to hug her and make it all
2: like that is white blood does not come out easily well she did take off her really fancy expensive looking scarf before you're making it worse
0: you're making it worse (laughs) Well, she's this she's
1: just this divine angel leader, you know, and plus it's just, you know, visually it's just going to make, you know, all the sense yeah. in the world. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. electra drip in blood.
0: Yeah, well, well, I mean, there. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's character is so mysterious throughout this season
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you start to pick up a little things but it's mainly you learn so much more about her when you're just watching her on screen in those quiet moments when there's also a calmness whenever she's on screen there's yeah. this poise and it and it and just this elegance where where everything is still which is a great contrast point between the defenders who when we meet them there's action going on it's, it's much more grimy and, and it just feels, it feels a lot, um, it's, it feels beneath where Alexander is and the world she's created for herself and, yeah. and formed, um, in this isolation. Um, so, so it's an interesting thing. And, and I mean, like, Electra did get resurrected and that sequence is very much like a rebirth. Um, and I couldn't help but just appreciate the teases to who she was before and then who she is now when she was choosing the weapons that she was going to fight with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they may have turned off the lights while Elektra was fighting all the men, but they left the lights on during that final fight sequence in this episode. The one teased in the trailers the hallway fight, guys, with all the defenders.
1: With all the defenders, yes. That was yeah. the, that was the jump out of the chair, yay, frenetic, you know, moment that we all been waiting for. Um, it, it, made the first episode and a half worth sitting through to get to that, that moment. Um, it was great. It was, just, it was great. yeah, yeah. Um, and not only the scene that we all saw in the trailers, but just everything lead, you know, all the, you know, luke and danny you know first encounter with alexandra and all the people first in the room and you know how the fight starts out and then when danny and and when matt and jessica joined it's just it's just you know that was what we all were waiting for when we heard that that these four characters are going to get together
0: yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, I love how Luke comes in and protects Danny, and then you have Dan, um, Matt and and Jessica, at, like still on the first floor in the lobby, and then they figure out what's happening. They're quick to run up, and and like I said, Jessica's the smartest of them all because she uses the elevator. Yep. Okay, <laughs> uses saves her strength, uses that elevator. Damn straight. Yep. <laughs> Um, but what I did not expect, though, was for Electra to be there um because I felt like it was too it was too soon to have that interaction between her and Matt. But I'm also very thankful that it did happen early because I like how he figured out who she was and then immediately tried to isolate her because that is. That is such a um, she is such such a huge part of who he is. And and he's right now struggling, having put up the Daredevil costume. You see him struggling to interact with these other characters and help and join this fight when he's he's just Matt Murdock. He's not Daredevil in this moment. And, and there's this vulnerability there and then to have Electra be the person who is fighting, it's, it just elevates that even more. Uh, Patricia, what are your thoughts on the fight sequence?
2: I loved it. I love that everybody Again, it wasn't all of a sudden they're all four in a room. It was all – they all had different reasons for going to the building, Mm -hmm. and the different reasons brought them all together. And then they realized that they're all on the same side, whether they want to be working with each other or not. You see them helping each other, and I love the camera shot. It was very fluid where it moved from one character to the next, very rolly. It wasn't herky-jerky, cut here, oh, we got to show more of him, cut there. And I, for a split second, when they all stopped and it was all over, when Electra showed up, he, they were like, stop, there's something else here. Mm-hmm. I, for a split second, thought that Sir Corny, what's her name? Weaver. Weaver. Weaver's character was another <laughs> Black Sky. Oh, because uh-huh. it cut to her like pants first and then electra walked into the room for a split second i was like she's another black sky and that's why she wants to work with electra so much like all of this stuff ran through my head and then electra walked in and i was like oh there goes my idea
1: but i had that moment too i i was hoping to see her like just throw down i mean this is see you know this you no know, i guess from Remembering her in like Alien, the Alien franchise, and you know, Ridley, and just seeing this action heroes, Sigourney Weaver just kick everybody's ass in the room. But yeah, but we we didn't get that.
0: You're such a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: such a fanboy. Totally. totally. That's
0: Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> I I um I actually. I wasn't necessarily always waiting for her to throw down with everybody else. I was, um, I was waiting for her to rip her face off and reveal something else hidden
2: underneath <laughs> it. I don't know
0: why. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I mean, maybe it's because I watched too much of The Flash, or they even had that in Winter Soldier, yeah. like somebody ripping their face off. It just, it just seems like the comic book thing to do these it is. days. It, it is. <laughs> Especially the more ominous, like the more mysterious the villain is, the more likely there's somebody else underneath.
1: Well, it's like uh, it's like Captain America with uh, with yeah. Red Skull. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he ripped his face yeah. off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she has to be another version of Thon, right? Exactly. Or is that crossover not happening? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> well, so, so in the end though, they all end up at the Red Dragon and um that sets us up for episode 4 the bottle episode where it's really just them in a restaurant for the full hour and talking and and then you have those moments will that you mentioned before of like what are you where do you come from and learning about each other um and and you start to see those other interactions like everyone meets Matt Murdoch everybody meets Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and and the other one called Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, there we go.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that that other guy with the with the fist, yeah. the one with the fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the fist. But you know who doesn't have a fist anymore? Well, he has one, but he doesn't have two fists anymore. Stick.
1: Yeah. Whoa. How- that guy. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, going back earlier when he, you know, when he escaped from Alexandra, I was like, huh, okay. He just, you know, stick, just cut pull some his pull, so pull some ninja trick or something like that. But, no, it was just straight. Just uh, He just cut off his hand.
2: I thought it was funny that he cut off his hand to get away from the hand. Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> I had to be to say that one. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting uh, all day. Yeah. I'm glad it was you because then yeah. it didn't didn't have to be me. <laughs> so glad, so glad. But I I I I I kind of I didn't I didn't like how he got away because it it kind of uh, we're we just spent so much time building up both Alexander and and Elektra as these fierce competitors and who can fight and and are very skilled and and are very strong and yet stick a blind ninja old man ninja can can just easily get away from them. I didn't like that aspect. Like it's two on one. He's chained up. I mean, he he had to lose something in the process, but at the same time it kind of felt kind of undermined all of that work that they did with especially Electra. Um, because for for somebody as fierce as the Black Sky, she gets her butt kicked quite often,
2: in my opinion.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, yep, I concur. Uh, yeah. Um, also, he's, uh, again, he's an old ninja, and he doesn't, I don't know, I can't remember many fight scenes that we've seen him in, but... Most fight scenes, he's having a hard time because he is older and he is blind. Like, how did you scale? I don't know how far up that vent thing was that he went through. You just calmly cut off your hand and then scaled a wall with only one hand, and the other one is bleeding everywhere. I Yeah, no, I agree. And it would have been nice to see them... Him and Alexandra have more of an interaction by themselves before yeah. all the action yeah. started. It would have been nice to have something a little bit more there
1: mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what they're
0: so. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think both of those characters had a disservice because there wasn't that that kind of a shared understanding of how they knew each other from before and and all of the trials I mean there's hints there's a lot of hinting at it but you never really understood how far back there that rivalry goes um, or what are the big moments that they had um, something that you guys brought up at the end of episode three or two when Luke Cage and Danny are fighting is that difference of their fighting styles Uh and i think it's really interesting that when you have all four of them you see how both jessica and luke they fight very similarly they're both just from the street and they both just like they punch they they hit like blindly there i don't find that either of them are very trained um And on the flip side, you have Danny and Matt, who are basically trained by the same people. And then they they go um, hit for block in everything. So to see them square off, you see that kind of um, similar um, fighting
2: style portrayed, um, which I like. I loved Jessica's line when she pulled. I don't. Was that in episode four or episode five? Um, she pulled a guy out of a car. She was like, what? Am I the only one left that doesn't know karate or whatever she said? It was hilarious. I was like, same, same. (laughs) I feel the same way. It was, I thought that was great because that just shows you that she is more of a street fighter versus a trained like she's gonna go in there and she's gonna punch some stuff and then she's gonna take what she wants and then walk out and no one's gonna stop her whether she knows karate or not.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh,
0: so, so Will, what do you think about Luke and Jessica's relationship now that they're um, stuck in the same Chinese restaurant?
1: <laughs> so um, it, yeah, you know, it's that 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 awkward. You know, ex lover small talk that, you know, that, that people, that people make. And, you know, I think trying to make sense of, you know, Danny and Matt and the situation that they're in, you know, helps remove some of that awkwardness because at this point it's just like, okay, we just need to like figure out what's going on here. Plus, um, you know, I'm trying to remember as far as, the sequence, but I think that uh, was that before or after, I think Jessica just basically takes off and does her own thing because, yeah. Yeah. Um, So there, you know, there's that element to it as well, because it's like, you know, y'all can do whatever you want, but I'm going to, I'm out of here. So, um, so I, you know, so I think having all those interpersonal dynamics going on with the four of them uh, made what could have been an even more awkward situation less awkward. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well, it's just, they, they kind of interact and, and say like, well, I know we never kept in touch and they both have their individual excuse for why they never called or anything after everything that happened in Jessica Jones season one. Um, But now they have a reason to interact again. and, And for me, I thought at first, like, especially considering Luke is now with Claire, that there wouldn't be that same spark between him and Jessica. And there is. They're making freaking eyes at each other
2: all the time. Yeah. God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I really
2: really enjoyed it because it was very authentic as to how – you know, that whole ex-conversation would have gone with any normal person. Um, and I really enjoyed, like, at the end when they were like, oh, it's really good to see you. And they were both, like, exchanging as Jessica was leaving. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very authentic, very real. Like, that's how it would have played out in real life if they were actually, like. If, if four people came together to treat yeah. <laughs> right.
0: I love um, how during this whole discussion we're also getting notes from the script of the defenders that Patricia wrote. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, they paid me so big bucks for that. <laughs> oh god, I wish. Um, yeah. Oh, my piece on Luke and Jessica. I really liked Jessica and Matt's interaction, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Uh, Jessica just, uh, like, one, he's wearing her scarf mm-hmm. around his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, A sign of true love. destined in romance. <laughs> That's
1: just weird.
2: Uh, <laughs> I feel like Jessica and Matt would destroy each other. <laughs> I <laughs> think. If we shipped them, it would be destroyed within like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: yeah I I already, I already am a, a big electromat shipper, so I, I, I can't set him up with another very dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. See, I don't, um, I,
1: yeah. I don't get their relation. I don't think it's as much a sexual thing as more. It's just, they just really play well off each other as far as a, a teamwork. So I, I didn't get, I didn't get that that sexual tension pop at all well they just
0: they have a good on-screen chemistry like christian Ritter and charlie cox and charlie cox is actually he just has chemistry with any female actress he interacts like mike Coulter is the same thing like both of those men i have no idea why finn jones has no chemistry with these ladies but the other two do it's amazing patricia you were going to say something a lot more intelligent the oh, was, no,
2: probably not but um, uh, I also uh, I know we're going to uh, another supporting char- character Karen mm-hmm. we left off on season 2 of Daredevil with him coming out as being Daredevil to Karen and that's where they left it and so I was so happy I can't remember which episode it happened in I think it was the second one where he went to go or was it the first one he he ended up meeting up with karen and they chatted and that was a very real conversation to me like where if you know if if that was to happen in real life that's how the conversation would go i don't know what the conversation was immediately after he told her but after some time now, this is how the relationship would would be. It would be awkward and sort of dysfunctional. And I I'm just so glad that we got to see a little bit of that conversation. Because I was a big shipper of Matt and Karen. And I still am. Don't get mad at me, Sarah. Oh, I I'm not mad. Like I
0: actually um I just continue to root more and more for Karen even though Everett already told me what's going to ultimately happen to her, probably in season three of Daredevil, but
2: (laughs) I don't know, Everett ruined before it, me too
0: I've already already got it planned out what's going to happen, but I mean, so so I just I love any scene she is, and even if I'm not fully sold on her and that um, as soulmates, I still I, I like how they're following through with that relationship, and where they it was a big thing for at the end of the season to end with that revealing himself um the other side of himself to Karen, and so to see that that didn't fix everything makes complete sense why Why would it thank you for telling me your secret, but you're still very screwed up, and I can't fully trust you, so they're not gonna immediately jump into a relationship after all of that and and so it it just that made a lot of sense, much like um. Jessica and Luke, who are still there, is that attraction between those two? But there was so much like, well, so much unsaid. You've
1: probably
0: you've probably figured out what all happened between Jessica and Luke, but there's they they, there's some like really screwed up dysfunctional relationship there, where just how they managed to find each other in the same orbit is kind of messed up considering what all happened. Um, But they're still in that awkwardness where it's like, Hey, I, I, I know you, but I can't go there because I'm still on my own, own journey. So it's a lot of that awkwardness.
1: It is. It is.
0: Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to bring up about episode four?
2: Uh, that fight scene was ridiculous. I like. Dang it! That's episode five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, because they do that weird
0: thing where they mm-hmm. end they end the episode with the hand coming in and they're about to have a face off, and I think alexia I think Elektra arrives and then Jessica Jones hits her with the car and then they're about to fight and then they go to black.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. The part where Jessica throws the car through the front of the store and hits Elektra. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like at the at right now. Okay. I get it. Elektra is in some screwed up being the black sky thing and she's not really Elektra, but I thought it was hilarious. Jessica's like, I'm back on the team now moment was totally classic Jessica Jones, and I was very happy to see that.
0: Yeah, yeah. it was actually, um, Felicity smoked it at first. I would like to say season two of Arrow, she hits Isabel Rochev with the car. Just saying.
1: <laughs> Felicity Aww.
0: smoked it at first.
1: <laughs> By the way, it was just a great way. It was just, it was just, you know, I'm back in charge kind of way of ending an episode. I'm back. Don't f. Yeah. Me.
0: The, Jessica's not a team player. She, she's always independent. I mean, tr- she barely lets Trish in on anything or even she has a wall built be- between her and Malcolm, but mm-hmm. Malcolm is Malcolm. And so, so it's always. It made sense that out of all of them, she would be that one to be like, I'm out of here. I cannot handle this. Good luck. I gotta go. And then she, she, she real reaffirms her motive for being there to begin with. And she just comes crashing in and she's like, Hey guys, I'm back. Yep. You got a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think so. <laughs> all right. So. Throughout this, we've talked about a lot of the supporting characters. Did you guys want to reference any of the ones that we may have
2: missed? Hogarth. Yeah. Hogarth made it. Hogarth. I was so glad to see her in this up ep- in the first four episodes for like a couple of times cuz I love her character and I I love to hate her character. She's the greasy attorney character and i love it and um i love her quiet moment with jessica who she was looking through all the records and hogarth came in and she was like stay away from the case and of course jessica being jessica was like "Uh uh-huh sure like i'm gonna do what you tell me to do and it just makes her more interested in the case and i loved that little dynamic that they threw in there so anyway
0: yeah, I mean, we talked about how Sigourney Weaver is like a badass and just oh so great to have her. But Carrie Ann Moss is right up there with her. Yeah, like she's also immortal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Will, what about you? Any other anything else you want to bring up about the show?
1: Um, no, I think I, I think we think we've covered it pretty pretty well. I I can't wait for us to. Uh, uh, Finish up uh, talking about the, la- the last four because uh, uh, it it was slow getting started, but once it uh, once it got going, it was a very frenetic uh, frenetic series, and uh, I have a feeling it's going to continue uh, for at least the last two episodes that I have to finish up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So any predictions? Because I I already know how it all ends. Um, but you two are still making your way through it. So do you guys have any predictions?
1: Um, more fights, more twists, more... Oh, my God, I didn't see that coming.
0: Oh, you're going to be so
1: disappointed.
0: Um, Patricia?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think that Matt is going to have a breakthrough with Electra. And I think Jessica and Luke are gonna kiss. Iron Fist is gonna die. And
1: <laughs> it's like see, said no, no predictions, not wishes. Yeah. Oh
0: that's not the same. Yeah, no.
1: yeah. Got to be, got to be based in reality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Stop looking at your own script for the series. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: I pitched it to them so many times. <laughs> uh, no, I I honestly, I don't like thinking like too far ahead. I do think that Matt is going to have a breakthrough with Elektra, and that's about all I got. And I like where it's all going, I like how it's being played out, I like the filming, I like the way that they're setting everything up, I only have a couple of qualms about things, and that's all I got for the predictions, like, I just hope that the level of filming and interaction gets better and better as we go throughout, so...
0: Yeah. Just, I would just like to point out that Danny Rand is a person, not a thing. You have a couple qualms about a person, not a thing. Just Maybe
2: just he's saying. not the only thing I have a qualm about.
1: Well. Oh. <laughs> <We're the> only- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Do you have any? Well, no, you finished it. I was going to say, yeah. Do you- I, I- oh, we can ask this question later. Never
0: mind. What, what's your question?
2: I was going to say, do you have any predictions for the second season?
0: Ooh, that, no, I actually wouldn't even be able to, next week, next week, I'm, I can't even tell you that considering where it leaves everything. But, um, I'm, I'm right now, I'm not even thinking defenders too. I'm thinking the Punisher. Ooh, God, okay. I want that. Like we, you mentioned Karen before. Karen's gonna be on the Punisher, so Karen and Frank. Yes,
2: I am so ready for this. <laughs>
0: I'm Nerd so, sweating excited. Right now. so excited, and I think I think it's gonna drop in November, but I could be mistaken. Um, but I think that's when it's gonna drop. So so no, I'm. I'm just happy that we have the defenders now, and the, like it's starting to become a machine. You're starting to get into the flow of when these seasons are gonna drop and and then it's just a treat and it it just is so nice because um the eight episodes just you can do that in like a few days. It doesn't feel as long as a thirteen episode binge. So um, I just like that we're we're having this movement. I like it. I like it. Um, But so that's it for our The Defenders talk.
1: Part one. Um, Yes. Part one. Yeah.
0: Stay tuned. Will really wants to talk right now, and I know why, because he has a special time of will to talk all things The Negative Flash.
1: The Negative Flash. Yeah, um, just real quickly. So um, for all of our Flash listeners, uh, again, check out the comic book by Joshua Williamson. He's doing a awesome job right now. Uh, just a quick spoiler, relatively spoiler-free review of where uh, the last couple of issues have, uh, has gone. So Eobard Fawn. Um, i heard Heard of him, yeah. You know, I know we, who he is. We, no. I know who he is, yeah. You know, you know who he is, yeah. Have you gotten speed his business yep. card? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so he has, of course, there's always more and more about the speed force. Well, he has created the negative speed force, and um, <laughs> where he draws his power from. And uh, just like the, uh, it, I will say Joshua does a good job of taking elements of the television series, and br- brings it over to the comic book universe. Not so much story, but just theme. Uh, in, in this context, the theme of Barry or or just how people just aren't fully uh, honest with okay. people close to them. And it is... In the comic book series, is Barry and Iris, and Barry and Wally, where Barry is not uh, forthcoming as far as his... his Identity and everything. So, uh, Thawne definitely plays that against Barry and draws him into a situation where he basically tries to trap Barry in the negative speed force, um, which, where he draws, where Thawne draws his power from. And, uh, in the process of doing so, thinking he's going to trap Barry forever, uh, Barry actually, um, actually was able to escape and, um, but well, has some consequences of escaping where he his Barry's connection to his own speed force has um is tainted. So he becomes a very destructive individual when he tries to use his power. So Yeah,
0: that does sound like the T V show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's a standalone story and it's a very exciting story, um, I think you know folks who who enjoy the t v show will will thoroughly enjoy the comic as well um without all so, of the all, without things being you know drawn out for you know two or three episodes where nothing so, happens so, so what
0: is um what is i understand that etha gets his powers from the negative speed force, yes. but what is the negative speed force, like if you were to compare it to the, I don't know, speed force.
1: <laughs> uh, to use a Star Wars reference, it's the light side and the dark side. I mean, the tr- I mean, it it truly is like that. Um, it's hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it really does parallel um, the the force from Star Wars in that regard.
0: So so it's like. The f- future version of Barry that we met, who lost Iris, um, the the emo version, and that is Barry Allen in the Negative feed- Speed Force.
1: Uh, he's not emo. Not so much emo Barry. It's more, um, i want to time
0: remnant Barry.
1: No, that no, def- oh god, no, no time remnants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it, it's more Thawne really was trying to cap. Basically, uh, it gets in in. In the 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 comic universe it you know Thawne, as we all know is from the future so in the whole setup of the story the telling of the story about the negative speed force uh, it goes into the 25th century where fawn you know is looking back on on Barry and how he wished he was Barry's friend and partner and uh, all the hero worship that Thawne has, Towards Barry Allen gets gets really explored very deeply in this, um, in, in this uh, current um, current run and okay. um, and, and, and so it basically gives an explanation for why Fawn ends up hating Barry Allen so much. Oh, it, it
0: is Barry Allen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is very. <laughs> no, I yeah. love Barry.
0: Yeah, I love Barry. He's just he just gets on my nerves every now and then. Yeah, he, yeah.
1: he does some stuff. He makes he some
0: choices.
1: He makes <laughs> some choices. Like I said, the real, yeah. Uh, but Iris, unlike Iris to the TV show, this Iris in the comic, uh, yeah. Well, there there is a parallel. I will. Say. I don't want to give away too much between what happened. Well, let's go ahead and spoil it. People probably read it. Um, Let's do it. uh, There is a parallel between how Iris takes care of Tom Remnant Barry and Eobard Vaughn in the comic book.
0: Oh. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Quite. Remember what happened at the end of season three? Iris and the Time
0: of Oh, that, see, my mind went to the moment—the first time Iris sees no. Time Revenant Barry, no, no, which she, is his real name, and she touches his cheek. Like, I thought you meant take care of, like, affectionately? No, not, you know. no, she kills him. <laughs> which, but, okay. but there's no, happy,
1: but, there, but there is no happy ending in, in, in the comic book. Uh, Iris and Barry are definitely not talking right now.
0: Well, there wasn't a happy ending yeah. with the Flash season, season three.
1: Yeah, but they're still it's p- Barry and Iris yeah, but, are not talking. Yeah, but you know they're <laughs> going to come back together here. You know, she's not dealing with it. She's she she's she's like, no, I, I, stay away from me. Well,
0: well, you know that's really negative, if you will.
1: Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's um, it's it's it's, uh, it's really really good and uh the next issue drops this week so because it's a two-week ro- two-week rotation for the comic so.
0: Yeah. And and then on top of that, I mean, I like to think that maybe somewhere down the line we'll get a season of the Flash featuring the negative um speed force. That'll be great, but more importantly, let's live in the present. So, earlier today, we found out from a friend of the show, Lauren Galloway, that Katie Sackhoff... Again, let me repeat that. Katie Sackhoff, the one and only, is going to be on The Flash this season.
1: Yes! Yes. Sarah, everyone, Sarah, you know, that that loud, exciting noise you heard from the Northwest was Sarah just... Doing cartwheels all through Fairbanks.
0: <laughs> I I may or may not have gone immediately to um, YouTube and started watching Apollo and Starbuck videos. Nope, I may or may not have done that. <laughs> because, <laughs> okay, so so if you have not, which will I know you haven't, um, Patricia, you probably haven't either. But Battlestar Galactica. Is one of my favorite shows, and Katie Sackhoff plays Starbuck on it, and she's a freaking badass. She's she's great. I mean, she's Sigourney Weaver 20 years from now if she starts getting cast in more roles, and I just and I like how this is yet another actor from Battlestar Galactica coming onto the Flash and pay, playing most likely a villain like. We just know she's going to appear. We have no idea in the context. We don't know who she's playing. I'm pretty sure she's probably going to be a villain, but I could be I could be wrong about that um, because why would you get Katie Sackhoff to play a one-off character? But you know, it, you don't know what's going to happen. So I just I'm really excited because hopefully tomorrow they'll officially announce it and who she's going to play, which will like, if you had to guess, who the heck would she be? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about that earlier today. I'm trying to, like, run through the female rogues and stuff. Uh, I know they're not, i was, there's, they um, I, I just, I know there's one character, and I'm blanking on the name right now, um, that she could possibly play. Or they may just create, a, you know, like, Tracy Brand, who's just a you know, completely new character for the television universe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't have to wait long to find out, though. That's no. the beauty of this. That's Not the, long yep, at we,
1: all. That's, exactly. Exactly.
0: Not long at all. Well, all right, Patricia. Um, why don't you tell fans where they can tweet you um, all of their scripts for the Defender Seasons ones that
2: they wrote? You can tweet me your script at PRMiller20, and that's P R M I L L E R 20. And, Will,
0: where can listeners find you?
1: You can find me at Will M Polk. That's W I L L M P O L K.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at S J Belmont S J B E L M O N T. Please go to um, go to iTunes and SoundClouds to rate and subscribe and comment on our feeds. And you can also find us on the Castbox Android app. And you can find our crew at Cena Nerd on Twitter. And good night, geek out. You're welcome.